I want to make sure, like I said, that we get a good idea of what this is today as we go into it, because that's going to be cool. And what we're doing is this thing called baptisms. Uh, and if you ever heard that word, you're like, oh, this is some sort of like religious thing. It's actually funny because the word baptism, it's just an old word that we kept from a few thousand years ago. Uh, but the word baptism is not some sort of like holy or sacred word. Um, it literally means submerge, plunge, or my favorite, dunk, dunk. Yeah, absolutely. How many of you, you've dunked somebody in a pool before, right? You baptized that person, man. The same difference, right? You dunked them. You pushed them underneath the water. And if you're really, really mean, the second they pop back up, you push them back under the water before they caught their breath. And then it was like, mom, that's not funny. And then tears and snot and all of that, right? Um, and most of us have had that experience. But that's actually what we're doing today. We're, we're baptizing. We're, we're dunking people in water. And that's actually all that word really means. So you say, well, then why are you dunking people if it's not some sort of religious thing? Well, you see, here's the deal, okay? For, for us as a church at Axe Church and for a multitude of other churches, um, the reality is we are just fascinated and fixated with this guy named Jesus, this is the reality for us. Is, um, we believe that there's this guy a few thousand years ago named Jesus, and we think it is miraculous and it is indicative of something important, the fact that a carpenter from the Middle East, from the middle of nowhere, from 2,000 years ago, is being talked about on the other side of the world in LaSalle, Illinois, 2,000 years later. There must be something to this. In fact, for a lot of us, as we started looking at Jesus, we realized that his teaching was out of this world. You read his teaching and you realize that whether you believe anything of who he is, you read his teaching and you realize that it is perfectly wise and insanely insightful. And in fact, for us, the reality is, is we are just obsessed with this guy named Jesus, that we are intrigued by him and we want to know more about him and we want to understand him more because we don't think it's an accident that 2,000 years later, this is the man that more songs have ever been written about, that more books have ever been written about, that over and over and over again, people are continuing to talk about him year after year. So the reason why we do baptisms is this. When we start reading about Jesus and we start reading the eyewitness accounts of what he did when he was here on earth, we run into this thing called baptism. In fact, here's what it says. Matthew, an eyewitness who walked with Jesus through his three years of ministry in Matthew 3, 13 through 17 says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John actually tried to talk him out of it. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? John actually believed that Jesus was this guy called the Messiah, that the Jewish people had been prophesied for thousands of years of this guy coming to return the greatness of Israel, of the Jewish people. And he says, I actually think you're the Messiah, so I don't think I should baptize you. You should probably baptize me, right? But Jesus actually responds with this. He said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Nobody forgot that baptism, did they? This guy named Jesus shows up and people are saying, we think that he's, he's something special. We think some people are saying they think he's the Messiah. And all of a sudden, John baptizes him and as he brings him up, Literally, this spiritual bird-like entity descends from heaven and hovers over them, and they hear this rumbling voice from heaven say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And surely everyone who's there is like, this 
dudes got references, right? Like <laughs> thinking maybe there's something to back up this claim that's been happening. This is pretty amazing. In fact, Jesus, after this, he ends up going, and the next three years, he does amazing things. He does miracles. He heals people. Blind people become able to see. Lame people become, be, become able to walk. In fact, even a dead person comes back. They get put in the grave, and Jesus speaks over them, and they come back to a life here on earth. Amazing things over and over and over again. So we see Jesus getting baptized, and then fascinatingly enough, before Jesus leaves, he turns to the people who are following him. He says, now you guys are going to carry forward the the message that I've given you, but he says something interesting about baptism in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. He says, therefore, now go and make disciples of all nations. And he says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. Jesus was baptized, and he says when he leaves, I want anybody who starts following our way, who starts believing that I really am who I said I was, to be baptized. Now, it's interesting because this is actually reminiscent of a Jewish thing called Tevelah, which is something that they would do before they would go into a spiritual place of worship. Or if somebody was going to become a Jewish person, they would go to this thing called Tevelah, where they would be submerged in water. They would dip themselves in water. And it was the mark of a new spiritual journey. And I wonder if Jesus wasn't kind of turning this and bringing it into a new light. But we know this. It wasn't just some religious thing that Jesus was starting. Because... Just a few books later in the New Testament where these, these books are put together of what was going on in the church, this guy named Paul who didn't love Jesus and then all of a sudden met him and was radically changed by him, he ends up writing about what this baptism thing looks like. And here's what he says. It's fascinating to think about. He says, baptism is much more symbolic and powerful than just some like religious ceremony. He says, it's actually part funeral and part birth announcement at the same time. He's, it's this weird blend of a funeral and the celebration of new life all at the same time. Here's how he says it in Romans 6, 3 through 8. He says, have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, he says, for all of you guys who've been baptized, right, when you joined him, he says that you joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we now will also live with him. He says this baptism was a really fascinating thing. It was, it was to represent what was going on in your heart, in your spirit, when Jesus came into your life. And he says, to be honest with you, when you went to baptism and you went down into the waters, that was almost like watching a body go down into a grave, like an old life ending, the burial of an old man, the burial of an old woman, almost as though they go beneath the waters and they just drown there and stay there. Now, we're not doing that today, if you're concerned, okay? Don't worry, people who are getting baptized always get scared. They're like, how long are you putting me under this water, right? Like, because I've done a lot of sin. Do I have to be underneath there for a couple seconds for, <laughs> no, you're good. But he says, it's almost like we're watching one life go down into the water and, and into the grave, done, dead, over. 
And then when this person comes out of the water, it's like a new life coming out, like almost like a birth, a brand new birth of a new child of God that we would celebrate. You see, Jesus didn't come here to this earth so that some songs could be written about him, so that they could write a book about him. Jesus didn't come to this earth in order that um, he could you know, start like some sort of religion. That wasn't the case. Jesus came to this earth on a rescue mission from heaven. A rescue mission from heaven. In fact, here's what Paul said just a few chapters before what I just read you. He says this in Romans 3, 23 through 25. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. So here's what he says. He says, every single one of us have, have missed the mark. Every single one of us has sinned. We, we hear the word sin very often, and we're like some sort of biblical word. Sin, the word hamartia, it literally means miss the mark. It's like, I set up to shoot archery, and then I sneeze at the last second, and pff, hamartia, sin. I missed the target, right? And he says, every one of us have missed the target. I always laugh because I think sometimes people are like, oh, that sounds offensive. No, it doesn't. Every one of you know that you've missed the mark. Nobody, nobody questions that, right? You've missed your own mark, let alone God's mark. A whole bunch of you guys, but multiple times in your life, you said, I'm never going to do this. And then you did it like twice or three times or more times, right? And it's like, okay, wait a second. I kind of missed the mark on that one. Or like, I'm always going to do this. And you're like, ah, I'm not doing that. And sure enough, you missed the mark, of course. And he says, so all of us know we, all of us know we missed the mark. We fall short. But, but here's the problem, okay? This sin, this missing the mark of, of God's perfection, the reality is, is what it does is it creates a separation between us and God. We were actually meant to be in perfect relationship with God. But this sin is an offense to the perfect God. And it's not as though we're temporary people who made a temporary mistake against a temporary God, so we need a temporary judgment. Here's the problem, friends. We are actually eternal beings who offended an eternal God. So what the Bible says is as scary as this sounds, the judgment is eternal as well. It's an eternal being who offended an eternal God, so it's an eternal judgment that comes from it. And he says, the problem with sin is it is set to eternally separate you from God because this sin separates. Now, that would be the worst news in the world, the worst thing I could possibly give you if it wasn't for the fact that God loved us so, so much that he made a way in which we don't have to follow through with that judgment. That, of course, the, the idea that he's going to, like, we're going to fix the problem. Oh, if I could just teach you some stuff, you could stop messing this up. All of you are like, not going to happen, Cameron. I've learned stuff and I haven't. You know, nobody doesn't, at, like, not go to the gym because they don't know it's not good for them, right? Like, you guys don't eat that extra slice of cake even though you're like, well, I think maybe it's, you know, like, you already know, right? Like, the information isn't going to change my action. Jesus knew this. He's like, I can't teach them enough to fix this problem. I know there will always be these mistakes, always be these misses. So what happens is, is God actually left heaven in the form of Jesus and came to this earth. He lived a perfect life in which he never separated from God. He never missed the mark. He had a perfect life throughout from beginning to end. And see, sin is what causes death. So at the end of his life, when they took him and put him on a cross and they were going to kill him, there was no way he could die because he had no sin. So in order for him to die, he had to carry and pay for someone else's sin. And you see, what happened is, is the great and glorious God, Jesus, as he came, he took and he actually carried 
all of the world's sin, that him being eternally good carried all of eternity's bad on his shoulders. And when he died, he took that separation. But here's what's so amazing. They put him in the ground, and three days later, he showed back up and hung out with his friends again. Three days later, he showed back up, and for 40 days, he walked around and talked to people. For 40 days, he told them what was going on and explained to them what he had accomplished. And if I can shorthand it for you, here's what it is, okay? All of the goodness of God is more good than all of the badness of man throughout history. Friends, with his death... He paid for every wrong thing that would ever be done from beginning to end. And there was still so much goodness left in his account that he couldn't stay dead for more than three days. He came back. You see, the reality is what would have taken us eternity, all of us an eternity to fix. Jesus fixed it in three days and paid for it and said, now your step is trusting in me. I have actually made a way for you to be reconnected to God. In fact, believe it or not, for you guys who are 70s music lovers, any 70s music lovers out there? Jesus in the Bible calls himself the stairway to heaven, the stairway to heaven. He says, I'm actually the path back to the God that you've separated yourself from, and I have made a way. So you see what he says is when you trust in me, it's like that old life is over because that life was bound and destined for death anyway. So when you trust in me, we let that life die, and then I give you a brand new life that starts today and continues on in eternity forever with Jesus. The beginning of a new life from here forward instead of that old life that was destined for death. Listen, baptism is not what does this, but baptism is a symbol of this today. As you watch people baptized, you get to see a symbolic representation of them taking the last breath of their old life and the first breath of their new life. How amazing is that? Man. And when we say new, we mean new. We don't mean like Jesus is going to scrub you up, like we got scrubby bubbles in here and we're going to polish you up. And you're going to shine now, and you're a Christian, so you're better now. We scrub you off, and this is like a bath, and afterwards you're going to be good. That's not the case at all. In fact, here's what Paul said to the church of Corinth describing this situation in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 17. He says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. When we say you're starting a new life, we mean you are starting a new life, a new life that you've been set free from those same old things that were in your old life. You've been set free. You do not need to continue anymore in those patterns. That You don't owe that world anything. You don't owe that life anything. In fact, some of you who are getting baptized this weekend, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, there's going to be a situation where you interact with people and they're going to say, something's different about you. And you're going to say, you're right, because the old me, dead and gone. This is a brand new me, in fact. Some of you, there's going to be a situation you're going to walk into and they're going to kind of know some of what's going on in your life. And they're going to try to bring up all that stuff from the past. And they're going to try to throw it back in your face. And listen to me. You can honestly and confidently say, I know 
but that was the old me that is dead and gone. That is not me anymore. I am still sorry for maybe what I, what, I, what I did. I'm still sorry for those things. But listen to me, that's not me anymore. It's not me anymore. That life is old and gone. It's dead. I left that one behind, and I am in a new life. So I'm telling you, not interested in that anymore. I don't owe anything anymore to that. This is a new life that Jesus has given me. Baptism is the celebration of new life that comes through Jesus. This is amazing because Paul actually says, this is the point, friends. He's talking to people who are believers. For all of you who are not getting baptized today, you've already been baptized and you're here. He's talking about the idea of seeing this happen in people's lives. And Paul really points to the fact, he goes, if you're wondering what the point is, like what the rest of your life is about, what you're meant to do on this earth, he says, let me clarify it for you. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. He says, all of this is a gift from God who brought, who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us this task, us who have met Jesus. He's given us this task of reconciling people to him. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be our offering of our sin, excuse me, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He's, listen, if you've met Jesus, if you've been baptized, if you're figuring out what are we going to do from here, he's, let me make sure you understand this. You are now an ambassador of the greatest message of all time. You are not some sort of used car salesman some sort of religious pitch man to try to hype people up and be like, you know, I'm going to try to sell you this. And you're like, well, don't tell them about this. Don't tell them about this. That's not what Jesus is about. That's not what Christianity is about. You are an ambassador to tell people the greatest news in the world. God loves you. He has already rescued you. All I'm waiting for is for you to trust the gift that he has given to you. Not something you do, not something you accomplish, not something that you shine up your life or anything like that. Simply trusting what Jesus has done in your life. And I love what it says. We call them, please come back to God. You see, the reality is, friends, we were always made for God. We're not trying to get people to go in a new direction. All of us, we started out close, connected. And every single one of us slowly walked farther and farther away. And all we are asking is we are grabbing a hold of hands and grabbing a hold of hearts and saying, come back, come back. Jesus has made a way. They go, I don't see how, and say, Jesus has made the way. I know it seems impossible, and it would be if it wasn't for Jesus. Friends, I have no qualms in saying this to you as, as, as stark as it may sound. For you who are Jesus followers, for you who have given your life to him, for you who have been baptized, for you who realize the truth of his rescue in your life, listen to me. Give up lesser dreams in exchange for this. Give up lesser dreams. Give up lesser dreams of power and success, give up lesser dreams of things and possessions, give up lesser dreams of pleasures and experience and exchange them for the opportunity to live your life as an ambassador and see people go from dead to life. I'm telling you, no greater call exists 
No greater call exists. You are not going to find a pleasure greater. You are not going to find a calling greater. I tell you, take your time, take your energy, take your money, and find out how I can push this toward a means of leading people from death to life. And I will tell you, your life will actually matter and actually mean something. We are meant as a church to do that very thing. That's what we're called for as Acts Church. The reason why we as a church function the way we do, the reason why we leverage our time and our energy and our money the way we do in generosity is because we believe it's our call in this area right here to find those who are dead and call them and say, come back to Jesus, come back to Jesus, come back to life. Friends, your energy has the potential to affect eternity. Your energy has the potential to affect eternity. Think about that. Not something here and now, something that will last forever, and it will come from the energy that you put out here and now. For you who are being baptized today, I have an awesome announcement. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. And let me tell you, God has greatness to it. This is not a finish line. This is a starting line. Friends, we don't get baptized because we have everything about our faith figured out. That's not it at all. You know why we get baptized? Because Jesus has done work in our life. And listen to me. If Jesus starts a work in your life, he'll finish the work in your life. He will not leave you here. If there's people getting baptized today, and it happens all the time, they go, I don't know if I should be baptized. I just still got this problem in my life. I just still got this problem in my life. And I go, you're not getting baptized because you got everything figured out. You're getting baptized because Jesus started a work. And don't you think Jesus is more powerful than that sin? Don't you think Jesus is more powerful than that fear? Don't you think Jesus is more powerful than an addiction? Don't you think Jesus is more powerful than that situation in your life? Of course he is. And if he started it, he can finish it in your life. You get baptized simply celebrating the work that he has begun and that he is doing in your life, and you let him take care of the rest. Friends, I love what Paul says to the church of Colossae about this moment and what it looks like. Colossians 3, 12 through 15. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God. Why were you raised to new life? Got everything figured out? Perfect Christian? Nope. Trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away and then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them. On the cross. Today, you are set free. Why? Because you are putting your trust in the one true God who can rescue you. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. For you already getting baptized today, I'm super duper excited for you guys. It's going to be awesome, and today's going to be a marker for you. In fact, I worship me. If you guys want to get ready to come up on stage, baptize ease in a second. You guys can head out so you can get ready. But today is going to be an amazing day for you to get to celebrate. Now, that being said, there might be some of you who are here today that you have a relationship with Jesus. You are, you've taken that step of putting your, your trust in Jesus. But listen, you have never been baptized. You've never been baptized. You've never taken that step of obedience where Jesus said, be baptized if you've been saved. Now, you can make a plan in the future, but, but let me just say this, okay? You can get baptized today. We have shirts. Yeah. We have shorts. 
We have hair ties. We have combs. We have everything you would need today. If you have a relationship with Jesus and you have not been baptized, I want to invite you this morning, right now, right as we start to sing this next song, you can get up, go out that doors, and Liberty is out there, and she will get you a shirt. She will get you. We literally have kits, spontaneous baptism kits that you can grab, and today you can jump up on the stage, and we will celebrate the new life that God has done in your life. You do not have to Way. You do not have to make some big plan. You can do it today out of obedience. And listen to me, there might be some more of you that you didn't have that connection with Jesus. But today, as I explain that, that made sense for the first time ever. Not religion, not do this, don't do this, do this, not, don't do this, but Jesus radically making a path back to God. That made sense for the first time ever. And listen, if that's you, today, your step is trust. You think, what do I need to do next? It's literally a step of trust. What you can do right now is in your mind and in your heart, you can whisper this prayer. You can say, Jesus, thank you so much for dying in my place. Thank you. I'm sorry for my sin. Please, would you become the king of my life? I, I give my life to you. I put it in your hands. And as you pray that prayer right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is rushing into your life. He is canceling the record of wrongs and he is ending one life and beginning a new life. And listen to me, if you prayed that prayer for real in your heart right now, today you can get up and go get baptized. You don't have to have anything else figured out. Not like, oh, but I want to get this straight. Listen, today if you've taken that step of faith and said, yes, I'm putting my life in Jesus' hands today. If he's really that good, he can do a great thing in my life. Today you can be baptized and we will celebrate with you. Head out the back door. We would love to celebrate baptism with you. And lastly, if you are a Jesus follower who's given your life to Jesus, who's been baptized today when we celebrate, you are going to shout louder than anyone else in this room. You're going to shout louder than anyone else because listen to me. You know what's happening today. And we're going to celebrate because for every person who comes out of this water, we are celebrating a new brother or sister that we get to spend eternity with. A new brother or sister that we get to spend eternity with when we go to be with God. Man, how amazing is that? Do me a favor, jump up on your feet. We're going to sing one more song, then we're going to jump into baptisms. Jump up. God, thank you so much for this day. We commit this service to you. We commit these baptisms to you. In Jesus' name, amen.